0: Welcome to Relationships as Spiritual Practice, Bridging the Secular and Spiritual. With your host, Lachelle Lo Chardet, founder of Mindful Compassionate Dialogue and Wise Heart PDX.
1: Hello, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for being with me in this journey of transformation and Oh, this deep intention to create a world that serves life, both in your personal relationships and within your own heart and within our greater community. Today, and perhaps for a few podcasts, I would like to enter into this topic of power dynamics and how it affects your relationship with yourself and with others. For me, this topic is so, so important because it impacts mm, so many aspects of health and well-being within yourself Emotional, physical, spiritual, as well as access to the skills and competencies that you want to be able to apply in your relationships. So for today, I want to define briefly some terms regarding power dynamics, and I want to uh, anchor those Terms and Understandings in a Spiritual Perspective, and I'd like to start there. So regardless of how you enter into your spiritual practice through a particular religion, pagan rituals, the wonder and beauty of science and nature, regardless of how you enter in, we have at the base an empowering and life-serving understanding that we share, which is that all life is sacred. And all life being sacred means the life of anyone in any being. And you might have some ways in your own spiritual practice, religion, rituals, that help you connect with that. In Buddhism, you might enter in through the understanding that every living being is an amalgamation of the aggregates that arises impermanently and briefly from the absolute, which is beneficent, pure, If you're coming from a Christian perspective, you might have an understanding that everything is the creation of the divine and therefore equally loved and held in the divine. If you're coming from a grounding, a spiritual practice that's grounded in this physical plane in nature and science, then you might be able to take a newborn baby, in your arms, metaphorically, physically, and having perhaps two newborn babies be able to feel the presence of innocence and how neither baby in front of you deserves more or less of the love and care this world has to offer. However, you arrive at this equity of all life being sacred, one thing is very important and very clear that from that groundedness, there is no idea of deserving or not deserving to be cared for, to thrive. And that concept, when we stray from that concept of deserving, we are vulnerable to the violence of power over and power under. The violence that naturally follows from this idea, from this delusion that one person or one living being deserves to have their needs met and to thrive and one doesn't. Oh, let's just take a moment to breathe and take in how violent that concept is and the havoc that it's wreaked on our planet. From that concept of deserve, we have genocides, we have wars, we have domestic violence. Endless, the list is is long, unfortunately. We have shootings, right? We have teenagers entering into grade schools, opening fire, because somehow that Person who opens fire on life, destroying life, is lacking at such a deep capacity in being cared for. And that lack of care for that person is rooted in an entire system operating on our planet that some deserve and some don't deserve, and fueled by economic systems that rely on having instead of giving, that rely on accumulation, rather than the flow of giving and generosity and sharing. And attending to the sacredness of life. So let's look at these terms around power so that you can recognize them, not just in systems, but in your everyday life and how you might be unconsciously living them and suffering because of that or contributing to the suffering of others. So when we use this term power over, there's three terms, let me go back. Power with, something we're striving towards and then power over and power under. And so I'm gonna name I'm going to name some concrete things with an understanding that I'm talking about a consciousness. When I say I'm talking about a consciousness, I'm saying working from the outside in hmm, often leads to prejudice and judgment and policing. So we're wanting to check in with the consciousness And then look at the behavior, or if you look at a behavior, ask what was your intention when you behaved in that way? Because it's certainly possible that you have a consciousness of power with, and yet your discernment about how to enact that consciousness isn't developed to the extent that your behavior and actions are completely life serving. That's a whole process. That's why we're here, to learn how to enact that. Okay. So when we say power with consciousness, we're directly saying some people's needs deserve to be met more than others. That's the base of a power over attitude. And so that... mm, Baseline limiting belief gives rise to all sorts of behaviors, ideas, actions, decisions. And here's an example of a few I have written down here in front of me. If you or someone you know is caught in power over, then they will attend to needs of a group of people based on hierarchy based on who's wielding the most power or seen as the most valuable player in that context. You or another person in power over will unilaterally make decisions without considering the impact on others. Behind that is some idea of deserve. Mm. A symptom of power over is that you become angry when others don't behave in a way that you expect. Power over usually involves demand. Perhaps you're making those links with me. That if you imagine you deserve something, What naturally follows is people should do something in a certain way, and that, of course, leads to demand energy. And when you have a demand, it should be this way, you have to do it this way, and that demand is not fulfilled, anger, violence, is a natural result. Frustration, irritation at the low levels. So blame, shame, praise, and criticism are all part of of the power over system, symptoms that power over might be present. Power over, of course, includes asking for personal favors not related to the context in which you work, right? So in a spiritual community, in a workplace, whatever it might be, when someone who has greater earned authority, which we'll also define that term, asks for a personal favor of someone with less perceived authority in that hierarchy, not related to work tasks or not related to the functioning of that system, could be seen as an example of power over, and we of course have lots of tragic examples of that. What else? Hmm. Someone in power over might do an attribution of another person's pain or suffering as self-caused. So there's a tendency for someone in power over to do blame rather than look for systemic responsibility. Certainly blame blaming someone else for their own suffering, but also if someone is in the power over consciousness and you're suffering, they might easily say, well, you did it to yourself. Right, that's an example of taking a power over position. More subtle power over everyday mm, behaviors could include criticism. Simply saying, ah, you're being cold right now. Why are you being so cold? Right, so that's coming from that idea of your behavior isn't pleasing to me. And I'm not gonna take responsibility for my own needs when I call you cold and make a request for some sort of action that would bring me warmth if that was my need. But instead, I'm just gonna say change so that I'm more comfortable without me having to do any work or reflection on what I want. Also, labels like you're being cold or you're being selfish don't, mm, they imply or they can easily stimulate something's wrong with you. And when we give someone the message that something's wrong with them, we are right there in that deserve, not deserve, right? Wrong. Inappropriate, appropriate. All of these dualistic labels, easily be coming from a power over power under consciousness, and they fail to look at what needs to be taken care of or changed so that we are behaving in a way that serves life and considers the needs of all involved. How are you doing? Are you with me so far? Is this making sense? Are you recognizing this? Power over of course, of course, includes punishment and reward. Punishment and reward is a concept based on deserve. If you behave in a certain way, you deserve to have your needs met. If you behave in another way, you don't deserve. So we could easily draw kind of a map linking deserve, not deserve, to all these other branches, right? All these other branches of thought and ideas that exist in systems and within our own consciousness. And the more conscious we become of how seemingly innocuous terms like appropriate, oh, that's appropriate, actually stems from this very violent concept, the more we can take responsibility to become aware. Oh, when I say appropriate, what am I really saying? Ah, I'm saying something works for me, or I imagine it works for the community. Ah. Ah. When I say it works for me or works for the community, what needs am I imagining are met? Or am I noticing that are met? And what behaviors met those needs? We can become incredibly skillful about how things function in a better way. It's not about policing vocabulary. I really want to be clear about that. It's about... Are we willing to move into a greater sense of awareness about what works and become subtle and skillful there? Skillful there. Our world needs it. It's so clear how much our world needs this level of skillfulness. So power under is of course the opposite. When you are in power under, you imagine you don't deserve to have certain needs met or somebody above you in a hierarchy. Whether you've created that hierarchy in your own mind or whether whether a series of titles have created that hierarchy deserves to have their needs met more. So if you're in a power under consciousness, here's a few of the symptoms you could look for. You seek approval. You seek outside opinions about whether what you're doing is okay or not okay, rather than checking in with your own heart, your own values. You don't speak up or set a boundary when something's happening that's a violation of your boundaries. That's a little bit of a circular definition. We'll get more into that later. You willingly ask for or receive advice from someone who is giving advice outside of their area of expertise. For example, maybe your spiritual teacher is giving you advice about how to navigate your marriage. They're not a marriage therapist, but you're asking them about something that's outside their area of expertise. And maybe in that moment of giving it, they shift into power over because they lose track of, wait a second, I wanna please this person in front of me, so I'm going to go for it even though I don't have expertise there. Mm, If you're in power under, you might go fuzzy at times When you're giving your power away, you lose, you become confused or lose track of what you're doing. You become disconnected from yourself. That's an obvious one. You might imagine you have no choice. I believe we have this list on my website also, so you can check it out in the free resources section. The important distinction I wanna make here, really, really, really important, and I think it's pretty hard to keep track of because uh, students have come back to me again and again. Confusing them giving their power away with someone else being in power over. So see if you can take that in. When you give your power away to someone else, that doesn't necessarily mean that person is in power over. You have put them in power over within your own mind. They might continue to exist or occupy or be grounded in power with, even though you have given them power over parts of your life and the desires and choices of your heart and you're waiting for their answer if they are in power with and you ask them to decide something for you they won't do that they won't say here's what I think you should do right away They will first get curious about your experience, try to understand your world. And then once they've maybe offered you empathy and asked some questions, someone in power with will reflect back what they see about your situation. And then they would say something like, ah, well, from my perspective, I can see if you make this decision, these things might happen or these needs might be met or unmet if you make this other decision i can say see that these things might happen or these thing or these needs might be met or unmet can you feel the difference there super important whereas someone you've given your power away to someone and they are occupying power over just as you've projected onto them, they will quite easily say, oh, well, I think you should do this and you should definitely do that. This is tricky stuff because we live in a world that values the mental so much more than the spiritual and emotional in general. That we also have just habits of going to the mental and giving advice and problem solving without giving a lot of consideration to the other person's wisdom or capacity or respect for their capacity. And so I don't want to just create another set of labels with power under and power over. I really want you to hear that it's about cultivating this consciousness and it's a work in progress. Just because someone easily gives you advice doesn't mean they're a big ogre in power over. It probably means they want to help and they don't know how to do it from power with. They just don't have the skills. So that's really, really, really important to remember. It's also important to remember that when someone really is in this limiting belief of some people deserve to have their needs met more than others, and I'm one of those that deserves, we are in a power over consciousness, and they too are trapped in ignorance of They don't know another way to get their needs met. And so that's what we're doing here. (laughs) Trying to get these skills and this awareness out there. And you found my podcast and my YouTube channel and my resources because you understand you're already there. You understand something needs to change and I need to be one of these points of light on planet earth that is making a change. And so this change depends on each of us being able to model that change internally and then behave that change and spreading this understanding every opportunity you get. Okay, so power under, power over and power with. That might be enough to do for today. We'll see how it goes. So empower with, we're in a consciousness in which we're attempting to maintain awareness and responsibility for our needs and values while being able to consider the needs and values of others. To consider, hear, honor, And in power with, you have a willingness to use your internal and external resources to honor all needs present. And when you receive guidance and directives from someone in authority, you are able to discern your response with integrity, in integrity with your needs and values and all the details relevant to that context. And if something seems off to you, you are able to ask questions of the person in authority. You have clarity about the boundaries of this person's authority. You remember that the needs of all living beings are equally important regardless of roles and responsibilities. that's a lot (laughs) that is a lot to understand and to integrate and to know that is a lot to be aware of when we live in systems that were not designed with that in mind and especially if you are a person of color and there are centuries decades of bias built into systems to not consider your needs equally with the needs of others, with the needs of those with a paler shade of skin. Horrifying, horrifying. It's a horrifying reality of what's happening in our world that we have systems that are not designed around power with and not designed around equally considering the needs of every person involved, regardless of their religion, the color of their skin, their height, their sex, their role, their responsibility. And right now, in this moment that you are even willing to examine the difference between power with power under power over you're making a difference you are changing the system by not colluding with it in your own consciousness that matters what you're doing right now trying to absorb this awareness that matters that's a change that's already a change so I want us to say hopeful and encouraged because resignation, resignation and suffering about the suffering doesn't create the positive change we want to see in the world. Okay, let's look at some concrete examples for power with. When we're occupying power with, We prioritize in the midst of a conflict or difficulty, we prioritize staying grounded and self-connected because we understand that that is where our skills and our wisdom and our compassion flow from, being connected to our heart and staying grounded. When you're in the midst of a conflict and you're occupying power with consciousness, you engage openly about the needs and the strategies to meet needs. You're willing to jump in and name what everyone wants in a super clear way, right? Hopefully really understanding and having memorized the universal needs list. It's so important that you memorize that list It helps you live the consciousness without clearly having a vocabulary of universal needs. The tendency to move into strategies and argue over strategies is too great. It's highly conditioned. When you're in a conflict and you're occupying power with, you're shuttling your attention between your own needs and the needs of the other people involved. That's a constant shuttling so that you're staying grounded in each person's needs and your own needs and values. Often they're the same needs and values, right? When we really separated strategies and needs, we see they're the same. They're the same set. What else do we have here? Yeah. A really important sign of power with is that you're equally able to offer empathy, curiosity, and respect to someone above you in the hierarchy and someone below. Above and below. I'm talking about systems, right? Roles, responsibilities. Not about better or worse than. So you show the same respect and curiosity and empathy to a four-year-old child as you do to the leader of your church or your sangha or the CEO of your company. You remember the humanness regardless of the role, responsibility, background, so on. There can be a tendency when someone is in charge or a leader to forget that they have the same vulnerability you have, the same emotions, the same needs, and that they need empathy just like anyone else. What else? Power with is really able, from a power with consciousness, you're able to... Step over into someone's perspective and see it from their view and ask them questions and get curious because you're understanding that your needs are not threatened by a different view of the situation. So curiosity is a very visible and pervasive sign of a power with consciousness. There's much more than a tolerance for differences. There's a curiosity and embracing of differences. Okay. Let's do one more and then let's start to move towards a close for today. Empower with you understand that the needs of all living beings are shared. That for each person, we have the responsibility to know our needs and to to identify what really meets our needs, because only we can know that from our own experience. And from a power with consciousness, we understand that we can offer empathy for someone's needs without moving into this role of the rescuer, the savior, right? We understand that needs are met in community and through choicefulness. Next time we talk, I want to include some related concepts that are important to understand, earned authority and protective use of force. But for today, I want to stop there because that's a lot to absorb already, these three terms, power over, power under, power with. And for this week, what I want to encourage you to do in your practice of relationships as your spiritual practice, right, is to notice how you're living this very core, expansive belief of everyone's needs are equally valid. Every living being is sacred. How are you living that? And where does your own conditioning of just growing up in this world pull you out of that? Let me name some possible little examples of where you might be pulled out of this consciousness, this sacredness of all life matters equally and into power over, power under, deserve, not deserve. It might happen within your own heart right? Simple examples of, oh, I didn't consider so-and-so's needs last time and I made a mistake, therefore, I don't deserve their love and care. I wasn't the parent I think I should be today, therefore, I don't deserve rest or fun or joy Fill in the blank. I had an argument with someone today and I didn't use all my skills. Therefore, I don't deserve to be a counselor, a therapist, a teacher, a trainer, whatever it might be, a leader. Or the opposite. I worked hard today. I deserve a strawberry shake. I deserve... Mm, to binge out on Netflix, whatever the thing is, right? You can see how that deserve concept often plays out in these extremes, right? In these poles. With others, you might be able to notice deserve or not deserve in little moments of interaction when you want to hurry someone along so you can get to the next thing your anxiety about how to finish up what you're doing is interfering with my need for efficiency. Could you get going, right? And you express that impatience or irritation. And that's not about you go into power under and you just tolerate, oh, that person has to take all this time and I can be patient, right? That's where we tend to go. Instead, we consider, Oh, what's true? They, they need something over there. I'm not quite sure how they're trying to meet their need, but I'm getting irritated, so that means I can take care of my need. How do I want to do that? Mm. If you're not ready in the next five minutes, I'm going to go ahead and leave because I'm really wanting to take care of my need for respect and care for the group we're arriving with by arriving on time. So you just show how you're going to take care of your need and let the other person know and make and discern rather than pressuring them to do it differently. Uh, Bolting ahead of someone in traffic, right? You're willing to risk the needs of others to follow that impulse. I have to get home sooner. My need for rest is more important than the safety of the other people in traffic. Hmm. Little examples in which impatience or irritation arise are helpful to examine. And then, of course, you don't deserve with others. Little examples of when you decide not to make a request. When someone's doing something that doesn't meet needs for you and you decide to stay silent. When you resign out of hopelessness that your needs could be met with someone. And these might be exam- interpersonal examples. And so this week, as you practice with this noticing of when am I holding all needs as equally valid, including my own, and when am I slipping into this person deserves to have their needs met more than this person, or I more than them, or I less than them, I want to invite a lot of compassion. And remember that we live in systems designed with power over power under, and we are trying to dismantle those systems, perhaps beginning with yourself, with this practice. And holding all life as equally sacred, regardless of the appearance, the background, the behaviors. Thank you so much for being with me today and for being in this flow of practice together. Radiating love from my heart to yours.
0: You can find free resources and information about mindful, compassionate dialogue as well as WiseHeart's live offerings and self-paced workshops online at www.wiseheartpdx.org. You can also connect with WiseHeart on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube or by emailing info at wiseheartpdx.org.